Oh my gosh, guys. It has been a hot minute since I have recorded a podcast. I apologize. There was the lapse uh, there. I was dealing, I'm a single mom dealing with sickness. You know what I'm saying? Wah, wah, wah. Uh, but the beautiful thing is that I'm back here and I'm, I'm sharing with you another episode lessons from TikToks. And here I have gone almost 10 episodes without really talking about who am I? And so I am going to be sharing with you my life story, how I learned about my gifts, what were some of the indications that I was a psychic medium, how I denied those gifts from, uh, from, from being part of my life, and what happens when you deny the fact that you're an empath, uh, a light worker, energy healer, psychic, medium, intuitive, whatever label you want to do, a shaman, okay? Whatever it is that like, however you label yourself, if you deny what your gifts are, I will, I will share with you <laughs> that, that, that is a dead end road. Okay. It's a dead end road. If you choose to not use the spiritual gifts that you have. So with that being said, let's just jump right into it. You guys know that I am live here, uh, on TikTok, which is fantastic. So amazing. Uh, this last month alone, I think I've grown over 50,000 new followers. So I would just like to say, Hey, now, Hey, thank you. TikTok. I love you guys. It's been amazing. Uh, so I just, you know, just thanks. And I just want to say, Hey, look, first of all, I'm 46. Okay. I'm a single mom. I'm 46. And I want you to know your age doesn't stop you from living your truth. Okay. You can try to avoid it for decades. Like I, I sort of did. And then I will tell you, then life is finally going to like be like a slingshot and be like, boom, time for you to step into sole purpose. So, um, so let's just get into it. I, I, you know, what's great here. We are talking about origin stories and, and like, who am I, who's Kamala Hurley. And I, and it's fantastic. You guys are going to be so excited. It starts with a ghost story. <laughs> So I will say one of the earliest memories that I have of childhood was waking up in the middle of the night. I think I was like five or six. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night and I actually looked down onto the floor and I saw what were, what looked like, you know, like there was a book I grew up listening to called the Indian in the cupboard, the Indian in the cupboard. All right. And it's like these little people who walk around out of a cupboard and they do magical things. Okay. Is I, there was like uh, Ben Stiller did a version night at the museum. You know how like the people came alive inside the museum at night. So this was definitely, I woke up and this was, I don't know if this, you know, this is where I'm just like, I've been reading too much as a kid or something, but I woke up and I saw four uh, ghosts uh, on the floor. And I remember laying there for like, you know, kid eternity and seeing like a, it looked like a first nation, like a chief. Okay. A native American, um, like Indian chief. Right. And then I saw what was sort of like a, uh, like a cowboy, um, a pioneer. And then there were two other individuals. It was a man and a woman. Okay. So it was four people. Yes. And people on TikTok are like, did you say Indian in the cupboard? And I said, yes, absolutely. I did. Right. So the amazing thing is that I just saw them literally walking around the floor and I was like, I was like rubbing my eyes and I was like, I can't believe that I'm seeing this. And they had a, a white silvery blue look to them. 
Now at the time when I was like five or six, what I didn't know is that one of my great, great, great grandfathers was actually Buffalo Bill Cody and Buffalo Bill Cody is part of the wild, wild West. Now here we are in, in a world where sustainability is such an issue. It's an issue in my life, obviously for everybody in this world, we want to be sustainable. Buffalo Bill Cody was known for actually like, um, being able to shoot like lots of Buffalo off of the trains that moved to the, to the West into the wild West. So I'm not, you know, it's like back then it was a cool thing during the wild West. I mean, it's not so cool today, but regardless of that, he's an interesting individual. Okay. He's an interesting individual. And I will tell you, let me just put my, um, let me just put, do not disturb on, <laughs> so professional. I'm so ready to be uh, doing podcasts with Joe Rogan, but whatever. Um, I just want to say that like, um, so with uh, my great, great grandfather, uh, when I finally saw a picture of what he looked like, this pioneer man looked just like my great, great grandfather. So I remember this, I was like five or six. I was really small. I was in my bedroom and it was, um, that was my first experience. Like with spirit. And I would say that was my first experience with, I don't know, spirit. Some people said, maybe it's a spirit guide. Um, I, maybe that was just a loved one coming through. Um, but anyhow, as that young inner that young child, it literally felt to me like my first ghost sighting. Uh, I would say now as the adult, I would describe that more as a loved one visiting an ancestor visiting me. So we'll call that a visitation. Look, I learn as I talk. <laughs> so then after, so after having that experience, um, nothing too spectacular happened from when I was like five or six in kindergarten until I was in high school. When I was in high school, I had this, this interesting evening. This is sort of like another ghost story. Here we go. I like it. Put some tea on. Okay. I'm spilling my life. <laughs> so what happened was, is that I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw a woman full size this time, literally walk into uh, my room. And she was dressed like a woman that was, um, she had a white apron on and she had a kind of like a Victorian style outfit on, had her hair pulled back into a bun and she stood at the door. I woke up. I was literally so freaked out that, uh, I sat up in bed. I saw her standing there at the foot of my bed and then, uh, decided the best thing for me to do at that point, <laughs> the best thing I could do at that point was go back to sleep. And I was like 16 at the time. 15, 16. Okay. And I went back to sleep. Now, the funny thing was, I'm like, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, I was into spirituality at that time. Um, I will get into that shortly. I will tell you that, like, I had a conversation with my grandmother. And when I describe what that woman looked like and what she was doing with her hands, like, cause she was doing this gesture with her hands. Uh, I watched my grandmother actually go pale and say, oh my God, you just described my mother. So I was like, oh, okay, I know. But you know, it's like, just what do you do with that? I didn't think anything of it. People back in the nineties didn't really, at least in my world, Oprah was just starting to kick, you know, it's trying, it's just starting to change culture and open up to things that are woo woo. 
Um, but in my family, we were, you know, we, I was brought up as Christian and having this sort of these supernatural experiences was something that was just written off as like, you know, a kid. Okay. It was just written off as you're just a kid. That's really weird. It happens. You described exactly what my grandmother looks like, but you know, it is what it is. So, um, I will tell you now when I got into my late teen years, okay, 17, 18, we discovered the, well, I want to say, wait, hold on before I exit out of childhood. Did you guys ever play bloody Mary or did you ever do a game called light as a feather, stiff as a board? Anybody ever try these games as a child? Like, think about it for a minute. You know, Bloody Mary is the game where you actually stare in a mirror in the pitch black. And I, and I think if I say it right, you say Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, and you turn and you turn and you turn until suddenly you look in the mirror and you're supposed to see uh, like Mary Bloody, right? Always at sleepover parties. Exactly. <laughs> People are like, yes. Everybody on TikTok is like, yes, we did. Right. And I will tell you, this is what's interesting. Like I have people saying, guess what? Mirrors can be portals. It scares me. So let me fast forward into 2022, okay? Anybody watch Tyler Henry, The Hollywood Medium and his new show on Netflix? I did. Oh, you know I watched that, okay? <laughs> he actually constructed this crazy like room, which is completely uh, dark, and it has mirrors in it. Does anybody remember that? Okay. I see people saying yes. Right. And he does like spiritual portal work with mirrors. And I was like, I was like, what? This is crazy. Uh, I, it, it kind of like, so I just thought I would put the two experiences together to see like, if you started playing buddy, bloody Mary as a child, then, you know, maybe <laughs> you could hopefully hang out with Tyler Henry and get access to his like Uber next level uh, mirror room. I don't know what to call. I don't think he had a name for it, but it's weird. He actually, the way that I saw it is that it's like this room. It's like a rectangular room and he has a bed and then he has like mirrors that are slightly hanging down over him. Right. And then he goes into his meditation and then I don't know, contact con connects to like entities. Yes, it could be scurrying. So thank you so much for uh, helping you, me use a uh, language on that. It could be scurrying, but um, it's interesting. So I'm just saying there's so many different ways to be able to connect to intuition and scurrying is, uh, it is scurrying is sort of like, if you imagine like witches and there are, they use a Chris or gypsies and they use crystal balls and they look into the crystal ball to see the future that is actually called scurrying. And you can scurry with water. You can do it with mirrors. You can do it with crystals like this one right here. I do scurrying with, okay. This crystal here. It's just, it's, it's just got that kind of energy here. So I'm going to just show it over here to TikTok really quick. Boom. I don't know. It's hard to see with the lights, but, um, so, so, so interesting. Okay. These are games that really open you up to spirituality and think outside of like, let's say the religious box. Okay. For a lot of us, not for everybody. Um, and, uh, so, so I just want to say playing games like that. And then the other game, which is light as a feather, stiff as a board. I don't know if you guys ever played that. It is where somebody sits on a chair and you each, everybody puts, uh, two fingers, like just two fingers underneath the corner of the chair. And then you repeat light as a feather, stiff as a board, light as a stuff, light as a feather, stiff as a board. And then you literally raise people up. How many people have that work? I did. It happened for us when we were kids. We were like kids lifting up guys. 
uh, going all the way, lifting them all the way up with like two fingers. <laughs> just like, I don't know, maybe we were crushing too much Mountain Dew. <laughs> just kidding. I wasn't allowed to drink Mountain Dew as a kid, right? <laughs> we, we drink Hanson's. Does anybody drink Hanson's from Orange County, California, which is where I, I where I was raised and where I grew up. So like we it was only like we only had Calistoga or Hanson. So that's why I started that kind of natural uh, experience at a very young age. So so these are games that you play as a child, right? In order for you to open up to spirit and everybody's just supposed to say it's sleepover party games, but let's talk about like, you know, if you look back at those experiences, <laughs> if you look back at experiences, you're like, wow, this is, there's something to what I experienced. And let's not talk, let's not forget the third most famous spiritual game out there. The Ouija board. How many people play the Ouija board? Did you do it as a child? Do you do it now? Ouija board, right? And that's where you, um, it is a, it is a way to be able to connect to spirits on the other side. And it has a placard and it has an alphabet and everybody again, takes two fingers, puts it onto the placard and you, uh, you just start to move this thing and you start to get messages from spirits from the other side, right? Yeah. Some people are saying they never heard of light as a feather, stiff as a board. Guess what? It's the weekend. You can play it now. <laughs> You're like, you know, trying to lift somebody up. <laughs> so, okay. So, so, so by the way, technically for the Ouija board, Milton Bradley, who sells this in North America, advises that people ages eight and older can play. Now I have an eight-year-old. Okay. As a single mom, I don't want my eight-year-old play with a Ouija board. Uh, no thanks, but Milton Bradley, they'll sell it to you. <laughs> So in my later years in high school, we actually made our own Ouija board. Okay. Right. And I have people here who says, uh, people are like, guess what? You know, in my community, I can't do witchcraft, but guess what? I secretly do. And, um, that's where it gets interesting. Is this witchcraft? Is this just a Milton Bradley game? Is this all just games? Right. So, um, mm. sorry, iced coffee break. Here we are. <laughs> so, so let me tell you, we made our own in the nineties. This is how we made our own Ouija board. We actually took paper and a Sharpie made it like what you would find, you know, like the actual Milton Bradley would look like, but you know what we use for a placard? We used an empty cassette case. So like, let's say I had the cassette for like Led Zeppelin I pulled the paper out of the cassette and then that actual clear cassette became the placard. Okay. That's what we did in the nineties. <laughs> Homemade Ouija board. And let me tell you, we had the freakiest experiences only played that thing like three times. And it, I like, literally it was insane. Okay. <laughs> this is what nineties kids did to make a home. This should be on like stranger things. Oh, stranger things is actually eighties. So scratch that. Actually they had cassettes back then. They could do it. This is something they could do on strangers things, but so, you know, so I all, of course, in high school heard all of these crazy stories about Ouija boards. Okay. So, um, so basically 
what at some point the the placard the cassette the empty cassette okay was like boom like this right it was like going crazy and it was sending all these weird messages and it like we had drawn a, an angel and we had drawn a devil and it kept going to the devil so we were like you know what this ouija board's fucked up <laughs> we were like we didn't really cuss back then we didn't drop f-bombs you know it wasn't like on every you know song that you hear on the radio these days so pardon me but i will tell you we were like we need to destroy the ouija board so one of my friends okay and like was like okay we're gonna burn this ouija board and we're just gonna let it go we're we're, we're just gonna let the ouija board go <laughs> and so what ended up happening is we we're in the driveway we're burning this thing and literally everything burned but the actual picture of the devil that we that we that we drew and then i was like freaky it was like how out of ever this whole ouija board the only thing that didn't uh that didn't actually burn was the picture of the devil okay so we were like okay we it took us like four times to light that thing and finally uh disintegrate it okay so I have never, I've never made a homemade Ouija board since then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. So that was, that was just, it was like, I, I witnessed this with my own eyes. I don't know. Maybe it was just like kids, kid drama, you know, high school drama. Um, the other thing too, is that I actually went to school in, um, Torrance, Torrance beach. Okay. This is one of the beach cities of, um, Los Angeles. Okay. Now here we go with some more ghost stories. Now, one of the things that we did when we all got cars, you know, at 16 and 17 is that we, uh, we ended up going to a ghost, uh, like it was a, a haunted house in Palos Verdes. So let me just help you understand geography. If you were in Los Angeles and if you flew into LAX, when you land and you're facing the beach, if you look to the right, you see Malibu. If you look to the left, you see Palos Verdes. Now, Palos Verdes doesn't have all the hype that Malibu has, but Palos Verdes is, I swear to God, one of the most beautiful places, okay? So up in Palos Verdes was this like very prestigious gated community, and it actually had a security guard. But because we were kids, we would pull up to the security guard, and um, oftentimes they'd let us go through because they just figured we were dumb high school kids, right? And, you know, like we, uh, what we forgot, whatever. So we ended up going to this one specific house in Palos Verdes. And now this is like, this is again, a 90 stories where people don't really care about trespassing, <laughs> but at, we pulled up to this house, which had this old dead orchard at the front of the house. And then, and then what you have to do is you have to hop this fence. Okay. <laughs> I may or I may not have done this. I'm just saying, if anybody from Palos Verdes knows this house, I'm curious to know if, if you ever hop the fence, but this is crazy. So you hop the fence and then you have to, you have to run through this dead orchard, right? And you run through the dead orchard, but you have to be very careful because there were three Doberman pinchers that had their vocal cords removed so that you literally wouldn't hear them run up on you, okay? And then at the center of the, at the center was an old decrepit, like Victorian style house. And I have other people saying that they did this in, um, in other places in their community. Yeah. So this house was freaky, crazy. All right. So strange. 
And um, so we we hop. Okay, I maybe I hopped the fence. Let me. <laughs> we hopped the fence, or maybe we didn't. Okay. And this is in Palos Verdes inside a gated community. So everybody can get inside my Honda CRX and we will go because that was my very first car. <laughs> and literally, so, 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 um, one of my boyfriends at the time, uh, was, had done this many times. So he was like this, he was the leader of this, uh, experience. Right. And he was like, listen, I've made it to the house. Well, we have to be aware of the dogs, but we, when we make it to the house, he's like, guys, it is like so haunted. I can't even tell you right. Statue of limitations. Good. <laughs> I love that. So, 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 we are, we're walking through this, this dead, like orange grove for lack of like, I don't know what it was, but just dead trees, dead, dead orange groves. And, um, and we are starting to get to the point where the, the trees look like they're thinning and we're getting, we're almost to the house. And sure enough, if those dogs didn't run up on us. Okay. So I hate to say it. Uh, yeah. I may or may not have been there and I may or may not have just completely run for my life from uh, Doberman Pinscher security dogs that had no vocal cords, okay? So I was like, but see, like we were always going to like weird, shady, like haunted houses and doing things like this. This was just what I thought was normal. You know, going to an occult shop in uh, Hermosa Beach just was normal. This is what we did. <laughs> and, uh, and it was there that I saw tarot decks for the first time. And it was there at this occult shop. They had two, they had one in Manhattan beach and one in Hermosa beach. And, uh, and I remember I had somebody walk up to me when I was 18, asked me if I wanted to go to San Diego to train, to be a shaman. And I literally was like, I, I like, it was like, I shut down. It was like, I had gotten caught, like, I don't know, stealing something, um, like, I just was so freaked out. Cause it was like, oh no, I don't do that. I, I'm not spiritual, but you know, I'll do Ouija boards and I'll do, you know, bloody Mary and I'll, I'll like hop a fence to go look for ghosts and haunted houses. Right. But, uh, but when somebody asked me to get legit and step into, I wonder what my life would look like if I had said yes. And I'm sure you guys have moments too. That was the first moment in my life where I should have said yes. I should have said yes to what excited me because going back to that very first experience with spirit, seeing my, you know, great, great grandfather, and then also seeing this, like, you know, this first nations chief, uh, who could also perhaps have been a, like a, a shaman kind of energy. I mean, um, you know, like, I don't know, my life would probably be radically different and I wouldn't be in Toronto, Canada, which is where I am right now recording this podcast. So, <laughs> so I want to say whatever I was 18. And at that time I thought that I wanted to, um, actually, this was my big plan at 18. Okay. I am, I'm always getting up to mischief. You're right. <laughs> you caught me. So, so those are some of my early like stories uh, from childhood. Those are just a few of them. I know I've got more, but like, I need more iced coffee to remember them all. We end up, uh, so, so here was, okay. So I was 18 and they had filmed Beverly Hills 90210 all four years at my high school. So I remember like, you know, Brenda and Dylan and like everybody was on set, Tori Spelling. I saw them every single day at high school. So Hollywood was normal for me. Okay. 
And then what happened was I decided I wanted to direct my own screenplays. That's what I wanted to do at 18. I wasn't interested in becoming a shaman. I actually wanted to write. Yeah, Donna, Donna, isn't that Donna? I can't, I can't sing it. Sorry, I won't even try. <laughs> I have to do a clap though. <laughs> uh, but you guys kind of get, you can probably hear it. So, so anyhow, I remember I had this like high school counselor and he's like, uh, you want to direct your own screenplays? He laughed hysterically and said, you'll never do that. You're a woman. And I was like, yo, bro, step off. Let's see what I can do. So after, okay, after, after that incident and after I graduated from high school, um, like I actually ended up working in Hollywood. I got in as a second assistant camera and I was doing 18 and 20 hour days. And I was very defeated because I realized that, um, that like, literally, I don't think I was going to direct my own screenplay. Okay. <laughs> like I'm like lugging around camera lenses and helping the, 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 the cinematographer and the first, you know, the, listening to the, the AD, the assistant director and listening to, you know, the first cameraman tell me to go lug stuff around. Um, it didn't, it wasn't so promising. And I'm like, you know, the odds of getting a screenplay actually made into a film is like zero to 1 million. It's like the odds of like actually being born. Okay. So I, um, so I decided uh, this is no way to live life. I am literally going to, uh, <laughs> I'm actually going to say, I'm going to ditch out on Hollywood and I'm going to find another way to be able to make my dreams come true. So what I decided to do is I decided to go back to school and I decided to go to school in Chicago. So I, after leaving Hollywood, I went to school in Chicago and I got a degree in fine arts. And I made a pivot because if anybody's in Chicago right now, if anybody knows about, uh, about Chicago, they have the worst weather. Okay. When it comes to winters, it's, is, is actually the true horror story. <laughs> I've actually felt my lungs freeze in Chicago because it gets so cold. So anyhow, I started writing uh, novels because it seemed to me more realistic to sell a novel and then sell it twice to Hollywood and get it made into, you know, a movie. So that was, that was the big dream. But now the only reason why I'm segueing into this is so that you can understand that I got exposed to some pretty amazing experiences when I went to Chicago. Yeah. It's the snow belt. You're right. We'll get, we'll give Chicago a break. The people are amazing culture, the food. Oh my God, the food's so good, but the weather sucks. Okay. Look, people are saying, look, I got a novel done. Huzzah. I am loving it. So good. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, so what happened was, um, I learned when I was going through art history that like fine arts and speci specifically art history is a way for people to be able to talk about spirituality and religion without it being, um, without it being a religious debate, right? You think about antiquities, you think about Greek culture, or you talk about Islamic culture, or if you talk about, you know, uh, like an artifact, you, most of the early artifacts were really infused with, um, you know, ritual and spirituality. And I went to the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, which is attached to the Art Institute of Chicago. 
And uh, as a result of me being at that school, I met people literally from around the world. I was hanging out with the daughter of the CEO of the uh, Coca-Cola Corporation. Okay. Um, I was like, I, I'm another person that I was hanging out with and, and going to parties who was also a student in one of my classes. His father wrote all of the hits for the Beach Boys. Okay. So I want to just say it was, it was amazing. The type of, you know, and then there were just normal people like me. Okay. Where I was just like, Doo. <laughs> you know, I'm here, you know, I'm making art and I'm doing photography and I'm writing novels and I'm having a, you know, I'm living a great life, but it was there that I started me meeting just people who were connected to really intense spiritual thought leaders. Okay. Uh, and no, I don't mean the Bee Gees. I actually mean the Beach Boys. So, uh, so it was his son who became a DJ, and this is like in the two thousands. So I, um, so just to double check, I love the Bee Gees. Oh, good, that's a good vibe. Okay, I'm not, I'm not putting down the Bee Gees. <laughs> I love the Bee Gees, and I love the Beach Boys. So, uh, so I just want to say that, like. Um, what happened after that is that I had another boyfriend. How interesting is my love life? Really not that interesting, but it comes up again because one of my boyfriends had a mother who was part of the Catholic church. And, um, and what ended up happening is that I started meeting, uh, confirmed, um, mystics of the Catholic church. I ended up, uh, hanging out and spending the night with Benedictine, Benedictine monks, right? So I actually went into monasteries and uh, had this very Catholic experience. It was mind blowing. It was so good. So phenomenal. Uh, those experiences, I wouldn't change for anything. I, and then also like, uh, ended up, I ended up meeting, um, like, it, uh, his family was connected to the Catholic church. And then, um, somebody's asking me, what is the Catholic church? That is, that is beyond the scope of this podcast. It's <laughs> beyond the spoke. That's beyond, I, I can't even start there. That's like asking what is spirit? <laughs> it's like a really old religion. So, um, I just want to say that, like, I ended up meeting Jesuit priests. Uh, I just like, um, I just, I could go on and on. I met Nobel laureates, uh, people like VS Naipaul, uh, Naipaul. Okay. He, he, um, he wrote so many, he wrote phenomenal books. Um, and, um, Salem Rushdie is another person that pops into my mind. I mean, I just met, like I met, um, Zadie, uh, Zadie Smith who wrote white teeth and is a prolific, uh, writer in, um, uh, London, UK. And, uh, it's interesting enough too, cause I ended up bumping into her when I was in Boston. And I, <laughs> so anyhow, cause I, that is connected to me visiting a friend at Harvard, but whatever. I'm just saying that I, I ended up getting connected to a lot of truly amazing people that helped me. I don't know, just like really opened me up to, to spirituality. Uh, for a second there, I literally thought that I was going to become a Catholic, but it ended up just not being in the cards for me, which is fine. There's so many, there's so many religions that I love out there. I mean, uh, I had another moment where I thought I was almost going to become, um, like, uh, a Muslim, right. Uh, cause I, I literally love a lot of things with what's going on with, uh, the Quran, the way that they embrace spirituality, but ultimately it didn't happen 
because I know that I just need to be this sort of free agent where I am experiencing spirituality and not uh, necessarily religion. Okay. I just want to say there's so many beautiful religions out there, um, which brings me back to, okay. Uh, I also got very involved in yoga and I've ended up becoming a certified yoga teacher. And, uh, one of the things that was really phenomenal was that learning yoga. And because I was so, uh, I love the ritual of movement. I loved how it made my body feel, but ultimately it was a spiritual practice. And this is how I started to, this is how I started to learn, uh, that like, this is how I started to learn about the chakra energetic system. Okay. And, and every single yoga pose has a spiritual purpose. So if you do a warrior two pose, which I can't really do because I'll try it. Okay. Warrior two, one arm reaches forward. The other arm reaches back. And this is about learning how to be present. Okay. Warrior two for everybody who does do yoga. One hand is reaching into the future. Another hand is caught in the past, but then mind, body, and soul, we have to learn to be present. Okay. And, uh, so I started playing around with like understanding Kundalini energy. All right. How to get the, 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 the snakes to coil through the spine and, and, and cause that, uh, Kundalini experience where it's this great awakening. And I was able to get to a certain point with yoga. And I mean, if you look at me, I'm juicy. I'm like so super sized for me. Okay. I'm very juicy. I do not look like uh, people who are, you know, some of the, the, the early uh, yoga practitioners. Okay. Who are it really, it's a practice that has been created by men first. And that's probably going to be a little bit controversial, but I just want to say like, it's not easy for somebody who's juicy like me to be able to do like a Lotus, you know, or Lotus, um, like position. So I'm just saying, um, maybe I wasn't able to get there because of like my body shape. Um, but I did love where I was able to take my practice. And uh, you guys know from watching me on TikTok, I actually do like uh, energetic scans of everybody when I do mediumship for you guys. And, um, and this is the way that I'm able to start to understand what's, what's out of balance in your life based on the energy from your chakra points. Um, I will share with you one other interesting experience that I had as well. And I was having this early morning, 7am practice. And, you know, I was like full yoga, you know, super, super granola at this point. Right. And, uh, and I just want to say that, uh, oops, yeah, here we go. I'm just, here we are just taking a quick moment to, well, tell somebody have a great life. (laughs) Yeah, I was blocking somebody. Okay. So here I was. I was doing yoga and I was doing a twisting pose, turning back, looking at one of my friends. Okay. Actually it was the boyfriend. So yeah, I've talked about two boyfriends. Somebody's asking me if I'm a player. I don't know. Am I (laughs) I like high school boyfriend, college boyfriend? I don't know. That doesn't seem like two player to me, but, uh, but you know, to each their own, (laughs) to each their own. (laughs) So while I was doing this like yoga pose and I was like twisted and doing this, I look at this boyfriend who's sitting behind me and I literally see a golden monk stand next to him. And and I'm like, this is again, a moment where I'm like, oh my God, like, I guess I'm just like 
meditating way too hard here. I'm or like the blood's cut off from this pose, but I literally see this golden angel. Uh, I see he's like, he's, he looks like a golden monk or something. Cause he's wearing a, a, a golden robe. He has the Bible and he has a cross. Literally. We found out an hour later that his grandfather had passed. Okay. Which was like, oh my God, and maybe I witnessed a visitation because I told him about it immediately afterwards. And then when he found out an hour later that his grandfather, who was deeply religious, uh, had passed, I was like, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything about this. Okay. I just want to say, so I just say, I just, you know, so I'm just saying, be, pay attention. Yoga is powerful. Everybody likes to pretend like we're just going to like, you know, step to your edge and it's hot yoga time. Turn up the music because we are going to get our yoga on. Don't be fooled. It's a deeply spiritual practice, people. So <laughs> I like it because I, I actually learned yoga at a time where there wasn't any music. And people didn't talk the entire class about, okay, go ahead and spiral your thighs inward, tuck the tailbone under, go ahead and draw the belly in. All right. Stay very focused on the breath. It's like, no, just shut the fuck up and do yoga. <laughs> you don't need music and you don't need somebody who talks to you the entire time to narrate the experience because that cuts you off from the, the truly deep, intense a spiritual experience of getting to know yourself and, and of the practice of yoga itself. Okay. So i just want to say though, I love yoga. I love yoga studios. I love, um, <laughs> I love the fact that people do come together to practice. And sometimes we do need to just listen to somebody else, talk to us, but it would be nice if it's some of these yoga programs, they actually had like a more quiet based practice. You know, it's kind of like, you know, walking around the world, it's really hard to find quiet and peace. You know, you go to the grocery store, they're piping the new Justin Bieber song. You are, you know, go, you, you are, I don't know, just like, yeah, wherever you go, there's always a soundtrack. There's always a soundtrack. What happens when you take that music and you just turn it off for a little bit? That's how you start to discover your own spiritual path. So, um, yeah. So I had those experiences, which were really amazing. And, uh, and then I traveled Europe by myself for two months and that was amazing. Uh, uh, just want to say that like <laughs> somebody's talking inappropriately. <laughs> oh my God, Bobby, I'm going to kick you off. If you're going to talk about golden showers. Okay. <laughs> I think so. Bobby. You can take that to another feed here. I'm trying Bobby, you're out of here. Look at it's always the people who have like two followers, right? Let's see. Confirm. There we are. And I'm definitely declining all invites. Sorry, guys. I'm doing a little bit of moderation here. I think, let me see if I blocked him. Did I block him? Block. Yeah, you're out of here, Bobby. Bye. <laughs> We're not here to talk about that. That's another podcast episode. Okay. <laughs> I don't care what you do, but we're not talking about golden showers right now. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so then after having all these experiences, I went on a solo trek 
where I wanted to see all of like the um, artwork and, and like cultural places that I had learned about. Everybody on everybody on TikTok is like, bye bye, Bobby. <laughs> Everybody's like, peace out, bye, bro. Okay. And uh, so what I did is I did this trip where I went from Chicago to New York City, from New York City, I went to Boston to visit somebody um, and to stay at Harvard. So that was amazing. That's where I ended up uh, bumping into Zadie Smith a second time. She will not know who I am. She'll be like, what? I don't know who she's famous, though. She's like literate, like literature famous. She's already in the canons of literature for white teeth. So then so then after I went to Boston, I uh, flew to the UK. I, I, I went to Oxford. Okay. Well, I did, you know, London, of course, but then I went to the UK because I'm, I'm obsessed with Alice in Wonderland. And I wanted to see the library where Lewis Carroll had written Alice in Wonderland. And when I got there, uh, it was really amazing. People like I was the only person who, who was there. It wasn't like there was a big it's not like there's a big rush of people going to this uh, library at Oxford. Um, but so I was there. I ended up talking to the librarian who ended up showing me all the gargoyles that ended up in the um, that ended up in the in the in the book. So it was pretty phenomenal to see how um, just to see the energy of where something like this was uh, created. Sorry, I have to turn off this decline decline. I don't know why people are trying to go live with me. So I love Alice in Wonderland. You guys will see that I have uh, many, I have Alice in Wonderland tarot cards. Um, I also love to talk about Alice in Wonderland to people when I'm doing readings or mediumship, just to help people understand that like a lot of times the things that we fear the most are created by our fear. Okay. And that's like the Jabberwocky in Alice in Wonderland. Uh, so, and then after that, I spent a month in Paris and, uh, and I went to the Louvre about every single day. I went to Versailles where, uh, the director of security gave me a private tour of Versailles, <laughs> you know, uh, of like the, of the gardens and inside, um, the house itself, which was phenomenal. Uh, I got to hear all the clocks, uh, chime, which is usually closed, closed to tourists. And, um, and then when he finally walked me outside of Versailles, he said, I just want to say, I'm terribly sorry. And I was like, for what? And he said, for the fact that I'm married and it can never work out between us. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> I was like, I've heard about Frenchmen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just want to say that, like, that was this experience where, you know, uh, being in the energy of places. Okay. There's an energy to places, whether you're inside, like I was going into like medieval Gothic cathedrals where monks were playing like Phantom of the Opera on the organs there. Like I have memories of, of experiencing stuff like this. So this was an experience that was not like, this was not like some kind of trip where I just wanted to go to every hostel in Europe and just get wasted. This was not, this was like a pilgrimage for me. And, um, and I just want to say that there were a couple of other incidents that were really profound for me in Paris. They have the, uh, the crypts, right? I think it's in Montparnese and, uh, it is where you can actually go below ground and it's the place where all the, the skulls are. Uh, I'm trying to think what's that called? What's that called? Uh, when it's where all of the skulls are in Paris and you're underground. Okay. I just want to say, I, I decided to buy a ticket and go do it myself. 
I'm going to look here. I'm going to look on, I'm going to just Google uh, Paris because I can't remember what it's called right now. Oh, the catacombs. Thank you so much, love. Thank you. Yes. So I, so I literally, you know, I take the Paris Metro, I go to the catacombs and I'm like, okay, like this is so for tourists. So I pay what, 10 bucks, you know, euros, whatever. And I like literally climb down the ladder and I'm in the subterranean catacombs. Right. And I just want to say that, uh, as soon as I landed down there, I was like, oh my God, it actually feels so real legit. I can't walk the catacombs by myself. I literally was so freaked out being down there. Like, could you imagine being in the catacombs all by yourself? I was literally all by myself because I decided to show up at like a Tuesday at like 11 o'clock. And this was in um, November. All right. This is not tourist season. This is like, you know, idiots from California show up and go to the catacombs. Like an idiot girl by herself would go into the catacombs by herself. I literally, it was one of the most terrifying experiences. I just want to say, I was like, oh, OMG. Cause I'm like, I take, I literally, so I was like, you know what? I'm just being paranoid. It's mind over matter. And I start walking. It's like, you're walking this dark. It is there's, first of all, it's all like dirt, right? It's all dirt. I start walking down this, you know, this like dim, um, medieval, like from the black plague, like a tunnel. Right. And, and I see that there's really dim lighting ahead where there's like skulls, like piled on top. And I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. So I literally go back to this, to where the entrance is. And I'm standing there at the, at the, uh, at the, the ladder that you have to climb to get down into it. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm just going to wait and see if somebody else shows up. I'm literally, so I'm standing there for 15 minutes in the catacombs by myself. And I'm like, I have to say I did the catacombs. I'm in Paris. So sure enough, this couple, they come like climbing down the ladder, they land. And I was like, uh, you know, I am so sorry. I'm, I'm traveling here alone. Would you mind if I went through the catacombs with you? Cause I was a little freaked out being there by myself. And they were like, they were a couple from Texas and they were like, by golly, another American, you know, let's do it. <laughs> they had like the Texas accent and I don't do accents, but they were like, they were, it was awesome. I will never forget this couple. They literally traveled with me through the catacombs and the just seeing like, uh, skulls, like, like, you know, if you do a Google search of the cat, I mean, it was the energy was like terrifying. It was like, I walked inside an Edgar Allan Poe, uh, story. Okay. It was, it was, it was probably one of the more horrific, horrific things that I experienced. Um, and, and I would say it was just because the energy was so overwhelming. And also because I later learned that although they had security cameras there, there were places where you could suddenly decide to make a right off the main walking trail and you could siphon into the Parisian, um, catacombs and people would get lost inside the catacombs. And like, if you, if like the discovery channel did a, an episode about the Parisian catacombs. And so, I mean, so you can watch that and you can hear how people get 
uh, lost. I think it's truly the entrance, the true entrance to the uh, back rooms. So if anybody's into that hype in 2022, doing uh, doing the 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 um, the the what do you call it? The back rooms. Okay, which is another scandal. We'll talk about that another time. But I just want to say it was a uh, it was insane. It was just insane. And I did go and visit a lot of the Parisian. Um, a lot of the Parisian cemeteries. And I will tell you, I did have one bad experience there. Uh, I don't think I'm going to share it here on this podcast. I might save that story for another day because this, this podcast is going a lot longer than I expected. So yeah, you see, if you work with bad energy, right, you, you attract it. So let me flash forward from, uh, from being like 30. All right. Cause after I did that trip, and after I, I sort of experienced a heartbreak in my life where I thought that I was like in love with somebody and I show up and, the, and then it's like, they're not for me. So let's do a count on that three. Here I am moving into player energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I end up deciding like, oh, you know what? I need to stop being such a romantic. I need to be normal. And that's probably where I made a decision that just really impacted my life at that point. Uh, because I, um, I really, <laughs> I really, this is where we, yeah, yeah. We all thought that I'm talking about guy number three. Uh, there's, there's more than three though, guys. <laughs> okay. I'm just keeping it real, but we'll talk about my love life another time. Uh, so I like, I was like, you know what? I need to be practical. I need to be real about love. This, you know, at the time I didn't even know of the concept twin flame. I just thought, you know what? You need to be practical. Love needs to be practical. So I ended up getting married uh, with somebody that I met in Vegas. Okay. <laughs> so let me tell you how I met my ex-husband uh, because this is connected to my spiritual life. Okay. So uh, listen, I don't know if I'm going to regret, maybe this will never go out to the world and you guys will be the only people to hear this. Okay. But my sister, okay, after I lived in Chicago, I had worked as a stylist for commercial print, okay, and, and the world was digital, and uh, the digital space that where, where the, the marketing firm I was working at downsized, I ended up moving back to California, and uh, I had worked at an interior, a residential interior design firm, you know, we're just doing regular work here, um, and, uh, and then uh, I ended up, like, uh, hating that job. I went back to UCLA cause I thought, you know what? Okay. Obviously I didn't sell the screenplay or the novel. All right. So I was like, I'm getting very practical at 30. So all, all my, all my people who are 30 and, and are thinking about getting practical, I just want to say, fuck that. Don't get practical. <laughs> Don't do it. But it's okay if you do. I love you still. Okay. And it's always your choice. But I, I want to say, so I was like, I'm setting up for my career. I'm we're working at this residential interior design firm that I absolutely fucking hate. Okay. The people are mean. I just hate it. We would do installs, right? I would do, we would do an install of these like model homes that I was getting paid salary. So that means you get paid 40 hours a week. And, uh, well, we would go to these model homes and literally we would be there for 20 hours a day. And I'm like, how did I go from working in Hollywood doing 20 hours, 20 hour days to being an interior design and doing 20 hour days? I was just like, screw this shit. This wasn't working. So I actually quit that job, which is, this is where I finally started to listen to myself, quit that job. And I got a job working at the cheesecake factory. 
Okay. <laughs> I loved it. This was one of the best jobs I ever had. Cheesecake Factory. I want to say they know how to run a restaurant. One of the best like business experiences I've ever had. And I love the cheesecake. So, um, so, uh, so my sister says to me, we're, we're going to Vegas and we're going to, we're going to go this, this weekend coming up because Hay House convention is in Vegas for, I can do it. And we're going anybody here know Hay House. Hay House is like the largest spiritual, like, uh, publishing company in the world. All right. Like every woo woo person that you love. Okay. They've been published by Hay House. This is like Louise Hay started Hay House. She got people like Wayne Dyer published and out into the world. She helped, uh, uh Sylvia Brown, uh, John Holland, John Edwards. Like, I mean, the list goes on and on Doreen virtue before she had, you know, changes about her spirituality. Um, I just, the list goes on and on. Okay. Kyle Gray, who, who is somebody who's in the UK right now, he's published through Hay House. So I just want to say, Hay House, love you. And my sister said, guess what? We're going to Vegas and uh, we're going to Hay House. So she bought me a ticket. Cause I, at this time when I was 30, she said to me, what do you think happens when you die? And I said, I will tell you what happens when you die. Okay. This is what happens. You literally, uh, you, you, your body is put into the earth, it decomposes, and then you, that you help to fertilize trees. Okay. And my sister's like, you're so messed up. That's not what happens. <laughs> That's why I'm taking you to Hay House. So, she, so then, so then the weekend comes and she says, okay, let me tell you, we're going up a day early. So we go up a day early. And when we get there, I find out that my sister booked our hotel room in Reno. Okay. And that's like nine hours North of Las Vegas. And I'm like, we had just driven four and a half hours across the Mojave desert from Los Angeles to Vegas. We get there at like, I was like, like at one in the morning. Cause it was like, she said it was just, it was just spontaneous. And literally, and literally it was like, it was like, oh my God, we don't have a hotel room. And that weekend, which was like two, uh, was that two, uh, 2006. Okay. This, this was 2006. There was an Oscar de la Hoya fight. There was a major, uh, motor crossfit or no cross, you know, motor, uh, what's that? It's some motorcycle thing where they do it on the dirt. Okay. Motocross. Is that what it's called? I can't remember. Obviously I'm not a motorcycle person. I love motorcycles. I like Indian triumph Harley. Here we are. But, um, so, and then there were all, there was like a dentist convention motocross. Thank you so much. Yay. Thank you. Massive motocross, um, event happening. And then there was like a concert. Okay. Yeah. Oh, look at, we have people here whose son does motocross. This stuff's epic. You know, the way that like Indo off of like, you know, woo, <laughs> like off of like a hill. It's amazing to watch. It is fun. But we were stuck in Vegas without a hotel. We literally drove for like two hours looking for a hotel. I was calling places the whole time. We could not find a hotel. So we finally end up at this shady hotel. 
okay, that's directly across from the Mandalay Bay where there's literally bulletproof glass and there's like a box that slides out to give you your room key. And there are like escorts and clients out front. And I was like, oh my God, this is the only place we can find because the only, the only actual hotel room that we could book cost $2,000 a night. And that was at the Bellagio. So I was like, we're, this is not, we're not paying $2,000 for four hours of sleep. And then, so, so when we, when my sister and I, you know, in 2006 say, we'd like to get a room, the manager looks at us, doesn't smile. You know, he has like really, he can see that he has years of acne on his skin and just like no hair, mustache. He's a character himself, right? He says, I'm going to give you the room key. You got to go look at the room. So it slides out. We take the key, we go. And literally it's like, it is the setting for a CSI show. (laughs) It's just so, uh, so yeah, so it didn't work out. We didn't have a room. And, uh, and so I came up with this genius plan, uh, that we would do what people in Vegas would do, right? This is back in the day, 2006. (laughs) All right. And, uh, so I think I was listening to zero seven. That was like my favorite favorite band and like modest Yahoo. I'm trying to think, Oh yeah. You sublime, right? No. So no. So I said to my sister, we're going to do what people in Vegas do. And she looks at me and she says, but we don't gamble. And I'm like, you're right, but we like to eat. So we're going to a buffet. So we ended up at New York, New York. At, it was the first time I ever had a bloody Mary in my life. Okay. It turns out I love them. And, uh, so so I, I put together this brilliant plan. Okay. That we were going to go at once because then the, the deal is, is that the second night that she booked in Vegas was in the second night, the second hotel was in Vegas. Okay. But we weren't able to check in till 3 PM. And then I'm like, Oh my God, we can't just sit here and drink bloody Mary's all day. We'll be wasted. So I'm a genius. And I said, what we're going to do is we're going to check into a day spa and sleep at the pool until we can check into our hotel. And my sister was like, hot damn, that's a plan. So that's what we decided to do. So we, so we, we, we took off, uh, to get her car. And that's when she bumped into this guy who was part of a bachelor party. And that's, that's how I ended up meeting, um, my, uh, my, my husband that I was married to for 10 years. Okay. Um, him and I were thrown together as like the wing girl. I was the wing girl and he was the wing man to my sister and this other guy at the bachelor party. So technically that first date was at subway. <laughs> Cause it was like, we're not, we're not doing anything fancy here. We're doing subway. Okay. And, uh, but it was great. It was not, I know the sound, the start of the story kind of sounds like it could be the hangover, which was another movie that was popular back then. But I always want to say that like, uh, it wasn't, it was actually good, clean fun. Okay. And so those that we, my sister and I ended up crashing the entire bachelor party. We joined them at the Mandalay Bay and, uh, partied in the pools until like we had restored our energy. And I'm like, let's go hike in Red Rock Canyon. And so we did that and, you know, stuff like that, whatever. So, okay. So fast forward to the next day where finally we're, we're at Hay House, <laughs> we're, at, we're at Hay House convention. I'm literally so hung over. Cause that night we went out to, um, at Caesar's palace. There was some like 
massive, like, you know, whatever club, Pamela Anderson was there. I just want to say, if you guys haven't watched Pam and, uh, what's that, what's that show? Who is it? Who is the guy that she dated? I, I can, I can remember certain things about him, but I can't remember it. Tommy, Pam and Tommy, that show is amazing. I think it's on Hulu. So anyhow, so, so Pamela Anderson was there. We had a great time. I might, yeah, Tommy Lee. Thank you so much. So the Pam and Tommy show is so great. If you haven't watched it, love it. Um, and so <laughs> I know you guys, what would I do without you? So I like, so I, we show up at the very first event for Hay House and it's Doreen Virtue talking about, uh, talking about angels and like, she's epic, but I did fall asleep and I started snoring a little bit. Cause I, I, you know, little too much, uh, Jaeger shots too much. Uh, what, what was it was called? It was like Red Bull and vodka was with Jaeger. Do you guys remember the, those drinks that people used to have back in 2006? I don't know. I don't remember what they're called, but like they weren't good for you. And if you have like two of those, or if you have three of those, you're gonna feel it the next day. So I was hung over for that. Jaeger bombs. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. Jaeger bombs. Do people still do Jaeger bombs? I just want to know, right? <laughs> just know. I might do one tonight. Just kidding. <laughs> imagine true crime night and I'm doing Jaeger bombs. Not a good idea. So, um, so just to make us, just to wrap the story up, I ended up, you know, getting my shizzle together. I had, I ate something, I had coffee and I was able to experience, uh, John, John Edwards, who's a medium. So this experience actually changed my life. Okay. It changed my life. And I know I'd shared talking to you about like spirituality and like, you know, hanging out with like mystics and like monks and being all around Europe, but this actually changed the game for me. Uh, John Edwards uh, is a medium that's also from Long Island. He's so phenomenal, so amazing. And he actually studied mediumship from a very famous school that is in the UK. And it's like a school for mediums. Okay. You can Google it if, if that's something that you're into. And, um, so I walked into a room It had like, I would say a hundred people, a hundred people. And he literally did readings for half the people inside this, uh, this, um, conference room at the Venetian. And I was like, if he paid money to these people to be actors, it wouldn't be worth it just to convince me. I literally, it was mind blowing as a, you know, to see this live mediumship reading, I, I literally changed my life. And then after that, um, I got into mischief with, you know, my, the, with who I met in Vegas a little bit, the guy that I met who I went to subway, who turned out to be, uh, my ex-husband. Uh, we, I tried to say goodbye to him at the airport. Okay. It didn't work out, whatever it was kind of romantic, but it didn't work. And I just want to say that I, and I know, Oh, do John Edwards has a TikTok? Okay. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. I have to double check. Let me just double check. Did I say, I said, John Edwards, let me just make sure I'm not messed. I think I meant John Holland. John Holland is older than John Edwards. Let me just double check. Yeah. John Holland for the record. So please strike that I said John Edwards. I meant John Holland. Thank you for helping me clarify that. John Holland is older than John Edwards and they're both mediums and they're both amazing. I do love John Edwards. He's the one that had his own TV show for a little bit. 
Yeah, it does seem like I'm a bit of a troublemaker. Well, maybe. <laughs> I'll cheers to that. <laughs> okay, whoa. Crown Royal, Red Bull, and ginger ale. Wow, that's epic. Look, at we're getting drink recipes here too. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, um, so I, so, so, uh, so anyhow, it didn't work. I didn't, I wasn't able to see him at the airport. And then we ended up being late for the main, for the main, like, I, you know what? <laughs> I love my life, right? It's okay. I don't mind if you guys judge me. If I sound wild, I'll take it. <laughs> if I sound normal, okay. <laughs> okay. And so, so I will just say that like, the main, like the focal point of this entire convention was Sylvia Brown. And what happens is like you literally, everybody gets a ticket. And then those people who get a ticket are able to ask Sylvia Brown a question, right? Cause it's like, she had like a 10 year waiting list. My sister is so angry that we get to the uh, convention late and the woman just said, I have no more tickets to hand out. Everybody tickets are not being tickets are not being handed out any longer. And I saw her take, <laughs> see, this is where you guys can judge me again. Right. So my sister is losing it on me, right. That she pay like $500 or more for us to go to this convention. And she missed the chance to speak to Sylvia Brown. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? You didn't miss anything. I literally walked over to the garbage. I pulled one of the tickets out of the garbage and I gave it to my sister. Okay. She, she gave it to my sister. I said, look, you've got a ticket. <laughs> so what a good sister I am. The things that you do for love, right? Now, here's the beautiful thing. My sister was the very last person to get called to the stage to get a reading from Sylvia Brown. <laughs> <laughs> literally I was like this is amazing so um so my sister got the ticket she walked up and Sylvia Brown told my sister she's a psychic medium and that she needs to just start doing the work so everybody we can talk to my sister about it yeah so it's sisters we were this is how sisters work yeah I it was mind-blowing I have video of it on like whatever those like old VHS tapes were back in the 2000. Yeah. The guides lined it up. Exactly. I'm telling there were literally thousands of people. This was the biggest convention space that you could get at the Venetian. I mean, it was like a concert size, right? So I just want to say it was mind blowing. Um, Sylvia Brown told my sister that she's a psychic medium. She just needs to do the work, put your shingle up. And then my sister said, how do you know that? And then she goes, because I'm a psychic medium. <laughs> and everybody laughed. And that was the end of her reading. So those are some of the experiences that I had. I realized I'm like an hour and 15 minutes just talking about random shit here about my life. Um, and uh, so, you know, flash forward. Yeah, fast flash forward, fast forward, quantum shift to 2021. And, um, my sister does mediumship only if she feels like it, she does have a, uh, a TikTok account and she, she is truly gifted. Uh, but it sometimes isn't, doesn't feel ready to maybe share the gift with people. So I just want to say, yeah, so, you know, we're all on our own journey. So even if you have the gift, it doesn't mean you're necessarily ready to read for other people. 
So in June of 2021, um, I had been playing around with tarot decks for like a year at that time. It still wasn't very good, but I had my heart broken. I had my heart broken by somebody who I thought I was in love with. And he was like, nah, no. And then I was like, oh. so this is four now, right? <laughs> four, four. Okay. And this is after the divorce and all this sort of stuff, right? This is, this is several years after my divorce. So, um, so anyhow, so then I end up on this Facebook group and, um, and in this Facebook group, I literally like, I post a picture of myself and I'm like, can somebody help me with my love life? <laughs> and I posted it in a way I, I waited for somebody to reply to me and nobody replied, nobody. So then I was like, well, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> somebody was like, at that point I would give up on love. Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think the world's changed a lot in terms of how love works. And uh, we have to be open to the fact that there's so many different love stories out there. Uh, if you have found love from the first person that you met until now, congratulations. Beautiful. That was what you were, that's what life was meant to be for you, right? So, um, so just the circumstances have not come, have not happened that way for me. So, and that's okay. It is what it is. It is what it is. So, uh, so, so I'm sitting here and I'm like, nobody's reading me. Nobody, nobody's there. Yeah. And I was like, you know what I would like to do? I would actually like to read for other people. That would be more interesting than me crying. I will read for other people. So I sent a, a message to the administrator said, I would like to be an approved reader on Facebook. And then they sent me a picture of a guy and said, tell me everything that you know about this guy. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I'm here to do tarot. Okay. I'm here to do tarot. I'm not here to do, uh, like, I'm not here to do whatever you think I'm going to tell you something about this guy. That sounds like mediumship. I'm not going to do it. I will definitely tell you, uh, what was amazing was that I, um, let me see here really quick. Sometimes these nails, whoop, hold on really quick. Hold on, hold on. Sorry, I'm holding the flow up just to try and hold on really quick. Let me see. I... I know I'm holding. Okay, sorry. I shouldn't do that. I'll do that in a minute. Um, but I will say, <laughs> I'm trying to tap somebody's profile. There it is. There it is. Okay. Very good. All right. So here we are. So anyhow, sorry, I'm messing around on TikTok there. Sorry. That gives you a moment. There's a little timeout. I'm not even going to edit this. Here we are. So, um, God, where was I in the story? You guys have to help me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. So then I was like, well, you know, like I said, I was so like, I didn't want to just like sit around and cry about how love never seems to work out for me. I was like, literally, I was like, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to just allow myself to open up. And I'm going to just everything that I think about this person. I'm like, this person's definitely passed to the other side. I see that he had a traumatic car accident. I see that he was loved deeply by friends and family, and they mourned this tragic passing of him. And it turned out that everything uh, that I said was correct. And so I became an approved reader. I suddenly realized I could do mediumship. And then I was like, what? 
three days later, I was the, one of the administrators of this group because there were some Facebook shenanigans going on. So I ended up being the administrator. And now I actually own this uh, group. It's called Intuition Studio with Kamala. And it's uh, 15,000 people there. And, um, and I just want to say that if it wasn't for that group, I wouldn't be here working as a medium. And, um, and then I didn't really take it serious until January where it's like, I'm going to actually do this full time. Um, and, uh, and then here we are. So, <laughs> so you can see here, I've had experiences, but you know, just because look, I'm 46. Okay. This is like, literally it happened so fast. And when I first started doing TikTok, I had a, I had a video go viral with close to a million views and it was, it kind of freaked me out. So I did, after I did that viral video, I got like 6,000 followers. Uh, and so I literally was like, I didn't know what to do. Right. I didn't know what to do. What was going on? It is a private group. Yeah. If you go to, uh, my, the link in my bio, Kamala Hurley, dot com forward slash hello you can literally click it and then there we are you can see that there should be a link to the facebook group there 46 yeah <laughs> so i just want you to know it doesn't matter what your age is defy time thank you so much i do love a good filter right i, I mean you know <laughs> i do like makeup i do like to eat well i don't drink that much um and maybe I am a little bit of trouble. Hey, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, getting into healthy trouble is a way to stay young. This is definitely called adventure. Okay. <laughs> I don't need the filter. Yeah, maybe. Right. I don't know. I like filters. Filters are like makeup. So I just have fun with it. Whatever. I'm like, you know, yeah, I don't drink that much. I really don't. Yeah. I know. Somebody is like laughing. My big vice is coffee. I love coffee. Yes. Spicy. I like to say I'm spicy. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So I just want you to know, like, if you're having your spiritual awakening, you have no idea where things might go. If you allow yourself to open up. Right. I love it too. We got people here who are 57 and ready to try a new project. I will let you know that the founder of gray goose vodka, since we're talking about drinking, all right. The founder of Grey Goose Vodka, he didn't start that business till he was 70. I mean, imagine starting a vodka business when you're 70. I mean, I love it. <laughs> People are accusing me of drinking moonshine. Maybe. <laughs> I just want you to know that like, it is all about you choosing to not listen to what society says. It doesn't matter who you choose to love. Okay. I don't care what the color of your skin is. I don't care what body part you have. I don't care how you represent your gender or how you express your gender. You know, I just want to say what matters is, is that you literally just, just follow the joy in your life. It's, it's, that's the answers. Look, 76, starting a new business. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm a Libra too. For somebody asking, what's my Zodiac? I'm a Libra. Yeah. Ooh, and the, the numerologist that's hanging out here who I followed so that she could message me whoop, is saying that it is the year 2021 was the year to connect with spiritual life purpose. Indeed. I think I did. I swear to you, 
to my fellow hermit numerologist. I just want to say you made it to the podcast. So people check her out uh, because I have to say, you know, when you say that it was the year to connect with spiritual life purpose, man, if that doesn't resonate as true, like I feel that at a cellular level, I mean, it was, it was my life purpose, I guess, to be doing this psychic medium stuff. I know I'm not a numerologist, but there is something to be said. Numerology is so legit. We got people dropping their age in. I'm 39. Why do we have to be scared to tell people how old we really are? I'm not. Why? I don't care. Judge me. I don't care. I talked about four guys. Judge me. <laughs> I don't care. I'm in the, it's now for me, it's the, the era of zero fucks given. <laughs> Cause you know why I don't need to be right. I just need to love. That's what it is. It's about loving my way forward. And that's what feels so good. Yeah. So, yeah. So even if you feel like you haven't found your life purpose and that you need to figure out what that is, every day is an opportunity to choose joy in order to get back into that greater alignment. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the last couple of years have been wild, right? I mean, for everybody and here we are trying to pretend like none of it happened. I don't know. Ooh, I love it. Yeah. Somebody's like, wait, I do care. Oh no, I don't care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't care. I have three kids by three different fathers. Yeah. Zero fucks given. You're blessed to have three kids. You know how many people have fertility issues? Okay. You know how many people I can't even, I can't even tell you how many people I get for fertility readings. Who cares? Who cares? You tried love. That's what matters. You loved your way forward. You've learned. I mean, you know, I was talking about some of the old Hollywood starlets who literally like, you know, they were married like five times and it was like, you know what? Good for them. They didn't care about losing their Hollywood fortunes, you know, like Zsa Zsa Gabor or Elizabeth Taylor. Like, you know, they just kept pushing their way through and trying to find love. Marilyn Monroe three times, I think. Right. So, yeah. So that's a little bit of my story. I mean, there's always more, right? <laughs> this is some of the ridiculous highlights along the way. Um, but I just want you to understand that your origin story is so powerful too. And the, 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 the trauma that you've experienced along the way really helps to inform the gifts, the spiritual gifts that you have, because it's meant to be some of the fertilizer that helps you to understand how to heal other people, right. And how to be the empath. Thank you so much. You guys are so awesome. So, um, so I just want to say thanks for the longest podcast I've ever recorded I am very excited because I have guests that I'm going to be bringing on, which is amazing. I have guests that are like, I have a relationship expert that's based in uh, Ireland that is already confirmed for July 15th. He's going to be coming on and he coaches uh, men almost uh, like exclusively. And, and my audience here is almost, exclu almost exclusively, mostly women. So I just want to say it's going to be such an interesting conversation to, to, to have the opportunity to do this podcast interview because he's really encouraging men to stop, to step into their divine masculine. And, um, so we'll see where this conversation is going to go. Yeah. So it'll be definitely very, very interesting, uh, for the people on TikTok who are hanging with me right now, this podcast is going to immediately go out to uh, Spotify 
as well as Apple Podcast, or you can find it, listen to it off of Kamala Hurley, or you can also watch a recorded version where it looks like I'm looking off into space the most of the time because I'm looking at everybody on TikTok, but I will take the video. I will put it onto YouTube so you could always watch it there and then watch me looking at everybody on TikTok. So sorry. <laughs> sorry, YouTube. I love you. But, um, but yeah, that's it. So um, next Friday, new podcast. And, uh, and every Friday I've got true crime Friday. So that's what I'm getting ready to do after this. So I need to run, get some dinner. Thank you for listening to all these long winded stories. I would love to know what story made you laugh the most or what story you want to know more about. If you can, please send me an email. Hello at camelahurley.com. Or you can just send me a message on Instagram. Send me a DM at Kamala Hurley. Okay. Uh, that's it. I love you guys. Uh, check out my website to learn how to book private sessions. Ooh, last thing, by the way, if you're interested in becoming a light worker, uh, that, uh, that you can do this part-time, but if you're ready to, to like literally change your whole life, and be in a supportive community where you learn how to understand your spiritual gifts and how to work with clients or how to start a product-based business that's really purpose-driven, I am launching Intuition Academy, all right? It is a, it is a six-week program. It gives you access. You get one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, group coaching calls, as well as online content to watch to help you learn how to build or how to scale your coaching business or your product-based business, whichever it is that you want. Um, and God, I have so many stories that I could keep talking. I was like, I didn't even talk about like my whole business, Madison and white, where I started, I used manifestation to get on QVC, uh, good morning, America, MSNBC to work with celebrities like Courtney Kardashian, the list goes on, but that'll, I'll have to save it. You know, you can't cram it all into one. Right. But if you're interested in Intuition Academy, um, I am going to uh, put, I'm going to start putting information out there. Just make sure you, I don't know, sign up for my email so you can learn about it. Um, I will be launching it here within a month. So I'm very excited about it. Intuition Academy is for people who are ready to transform their life um, and, uh, and use the spiritual gifts that you have to not just make more income, but also for you to be able to make a greater impact, get your message out there. There will be like TikTok Academy. I will talk to you about launching a podcast. I will talk to you about being on camera. I've been broadcast into over 350 homes live. I can tell you what I did to get into a better mindset. I can tell you what it's like to just hang out on TikTok and, and deal with having three people while you're live on TikTok. I've had all these experiences and I'm so excited to help you guys transform your life. So it's really open to empaths and uh, coaches and uh, entrepreneurs, as well as influencers. You don't even have to share with people that you have, you know, this access to um, using spiritual gifts. It's, that could be on your own down low. You don't even have to share that, but everything that I'm doing, it will help you learn how to transform your life, mind, body, and soul. So there it is. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. I will see you in my very next podcast. Let's make sure. Stop.